Thanks for downloading this podcast. podcast. It's for personal use only and must not be rebroadcast, reproduced or used in any form without permission. Tell your friends they can get their own copy by searching iTunes for Radio Le Mans or visiting RadioLeMans.com. The Michelin Le Mans Cup on RS1. On RS1. Part of the Radio Show Limited Network. Welcome to the south of France. Welcome back to ACO Rules Racing. It's been quite a wait, hasn't it, folks? But thankful that you could join us. Hopefully you are safe and well. And obviously the enforced pause in proceedings, all because of COVID-19, has meant a fair old reshuffle of this year's season for not only the Michelin Le Mans Cup, but also the European Le Mans Series. But 2020 is go. And thank you for being uh, company for myself, Johnny Palmer, and to Bruce Jones as well. We're settling in for what is going to be a fantastic weekend of weekend of sports car racing in, front, in beautiful sunshine. It's really, really warm here in the southern part of France. We're at Le Castellet at Circuit Port Ricard. And looking forward to, what will it be, seven races ahead of us between now and the 1st of November for the Michelin Le Mans Cup. Bruce Jones, welcome to Motor Racing in 2020 once again. It's been a long break. It's been a long, long break, Johnny. But it's just great to walk around the paddock, see cars. But almost the thing that excites me most is being able to hear the cars. You arrive at this this fantastic circuit and we've got a you know a full agenda we've got 25 cars going out in this the opening round of the Michelin Le Mans Cup qualifying as ever is split we've got the smaller of the classes the GT3 class with eight runners about to go out and then 17 in the P3 class are going to go and rumble their way around the circuit you talk to blue sky in the background though we've got dark clouds when you mentioned today you looked at the weather forecast and was a possibility of occasional showers you said that to a, a 100% solid blue sky. I said, where's that coming from? But over the hills is the answer from the west. However, it does look as though it's uh, not quite rain showers, but certainly something is forming. But for now, it's going to be a dry track. 5.77 kilometres of uh, magnificent swoops through the 14 corners. Just waiting for the first of these two 15-minute sessions to get underway. Air temperature, just looking around the screens, it's high 20s, I think. It certainly feels quite sticky out there. But uh, the drivers have had a couple of days of uh, practice here and certainly uh, the, the pent-up energy, you could just feel it. It's so tangible. Let's go racing. And uh, we've had very few deviations from the original entry list, which is absolute mm. accolade about how people are sticking to their programmes for this year. Of course, all compressed yeah. towards the second half of the season. Yes, and actually this Paul Ricard weekend sits as it always did from when the calendar was released at the start of the year. It was due to be round three. It's now become round one. We then, at the start of August, head to Spa-Francorchamps for a race for this championship on the 8th of August. That'll be a Saturday evening affair. As, by the way, is today's race. So these cars are qualifying and racing on the same day. 4.30 start local time for round one of the Michelin Le Mans Cup, running through till 6.30. And then that area of the paddock where the Michelin Le Mans Cup cars uh, are kind of gently works its way away uh, Saturday night into Sunday unless of course it involves teams that are doing the double season both ELMS and the MLMC Uh, Barcelona will be next at the end of August Le Mans and the Road to Le Mans event now remember there's a Thursday race Thursday afternoon and then one on Saturday morning as a support to the great 24 hours so the 18th and 19th of September that's billed for obviously there's been quite a bit of a rejig for race week being September rather than June 10th of October to Monza and the 1st of November will be the final round at the Algarve International Circuit 
Portimao, as it's known uh, in the south of Portugal. So the GTs are preparing themselves. These are GT3 machines, so unlike the GTEs that we will see later on in the weekend as part of the European Le Mans series, they do have some driver aids, including traction control and uh, ABS, but they're very, very quick. Let's hear from Eduardo Freitas. GT qualifying session, please remind drivers, any lap which is reported by the marshals or we see that is done beyond track limits will be immediately deleted. That's our Portuguese race director and uh, the voice of authority that I'm sure you've become used to hearing throughout the course of the weekend. Here's the countdown into the session, which is 15 minutes, by the way, and GT3 cars about to head out on track. It's a mixture of Ferraris, a Mercedes and the lone Porsche from Team TFT. One or two new team names to get used to, certainly some new drivers as well. But the green flag is waved. This is a momentous occasion to get the Michelin Le Mans Cup on the way for season 2020. Everybody has been raring to go, actually since these cars arrived at the start of the week, because we've had a couple of days of prologue as well for the ELMS cars and some extra testing for these machines. So there is the TFT car, number two, leading out. Uh, sorry, big pardon, that's the Edex Sport Mercedes. The Porsche's a bit further back in the queue. Patrice Lafargue possibly to qualify, could be Eric Maurice, they are both bronze rated drivers and indeed it is Maurice who's been installed to do the qualifying and as I say that takes 15 minutes, you can't change driver through the session unless you've got two bronzes but that would just probably waste time, um, a lot of teams have golds and silvers but they are ineligible to take part in this session, the onus very much on the lesser experienced pilot Bruce. You talk, Johnny, of a 15-minute session, the clock on the screen, we've already, we've already used one of those minutes, so yes, coming in is not something that's advisable. What these drivers have found uh, in every class of racing is since they last competed here, the circuit has been resurfaced, and it seems hungry for tyres. It won't make much of an effect in qualifying, but they've, they've just got to go for it. Uh, best lap so far, 1 minute 53.3 uh, set yesterday morning. That was uh, by Paolo Roberti sharing one of the Kessel Racing Ferraris with Murad Sultanov. That's the sort of target time. Right now, they've had more running since, since they first went on the circuit. They've got a lot of experience. We heard Eduardo Freitas talking about track limits. As you can see, it's easy to run wide. And, uh, of course, you don't want to do it. I've talked about tyre wear, but mm. each of those coloured lines beyond become more and more grippy, more and more abrasive and give you more and more punishment. More to the point, if you're really going off, being grippier, they help slow the cars before they go to the far beyond. But right now, they've been warned about track limits. They've got to stay between those uh, white lines or, or their best time could well be taken away from them. So drivers have to behave. Eight of them on the track. There's plenty of space for them to uh, perform their craft. But it's all about just getting in really one good qualifying lap. Car to look out for that was quick in free practice one. The 74 Kessel Racing Ferrari 488 of Mikhail Bronizhevsky and David Perel. The latter being South African and uh, his teammate from Poland. Uh, but, yeah, Ferraris look to be the chassis to have this weekend in the south of France. Mercedes struggled a touch in the opening qualifying. Didn't see the Porsche in either session. And I know the Mercedes has had quite a lot of repair work to be done on it overnight as well after an incident earlier on yesterday. But great to see that car, the first to leave the pit lane. And obviously it's looping round on its first proper time lap now so yeah just heading into turns three four and five that very technical 
section of circuit. Important to get that right, but also the long, lingering right-hander at six. That'll determine your speed through the kink at seven, which is merely just a change of direction. You don't slow at all for that corner. And then straight onto the classic Mistral straight. We've used the chicane in previous years, but not in 2020. It is foot flat to the boards. Foot flat to the boards and more to the point, the corner that awaits them to, to many with a huge amount of downforce. Scene is no longer really a corner, it's just a, a turn in the road, which yeah. may sound like a contradiction. Scene being approached now, there's a slight rise which helps give the cars a bit of compression, but it's such a fast corner. So about the 50 second point is where you need to be as you go through that point on, sorry, the 1 minute 15 second uh, interval is where you need to be at that corner. Target time, as I said, set by Paolo Ruberti, 1 minute 53.383. It's irrelevant, though. That was just the best time in the official practice sessions, building up towards it. I must say that Edex Sport Mercedes, driven by Eric Maris, looks fantastic, even more purposeful in, in that bright red and dark grey delivery. Ooh, going off the circuit there, but that was two wheels off the circuit, not four, yep. making a bit of a mess at the end of the lap. Yeah, it's really tricky, actually, this final section. Through Garlebar and then uh, Virage du Lac, which is the left-hander, Virage du Pont, over the bridge, as the name would suggest, to complete the lap. So, again, curb taken by Maurice, but as long as he keeps two of his Michelin tyres the right side of the white line, this lap will count. And look at the time on the clock left. It's a 10 minutes 40 still to go. He's done a 2 minutes point three, uh, so certainly room for improvement there because we've seen GT3s go as quick, as Bruce has already mentioned, 154.2. No, so. what, that was in the, se- uh, the afternoon session, the morning session, 1 minute 53.383 seconds by Paolo Ruberti. Yeah. The best time that Mercedes has done thus far is 1 minute 56.2, but as you pointed out, it's had uh, its own woes, hasn't had as much track time as it wants. The Porsche are also short on track time. Had a failure on its outlap. Repairs had to be made, and uh, now it really needs some running. But uh, already Nicky Leutweiler, who owns the TFT racing team, uh, well, two minutes seven, that's not representative at all. He's doing his practicing now, and then we'll build up towards a qualifying lap. And car number two, sorry, lap two, car 17, abusing track limits. Turn 12, you talked of uh, Gardu Lam, which is the little right flick before you get to the final two corners. We saw uh, the car going off, so the best time for Edex Sport. We saw it on camera, so did the race director. Off goes the time. But then if you're shedding a lap of two minutes, I don't think you're going to shed any tears, are you? Certainly not. Uh, plenty of time left on the clock. And these sessions are always thoroughly entertaining because they include the bronze-rated driver. They get quicker and quicker across the 15 minutes. We must remember that the times we're comparing from free practice yesterday, no doubt set by a gold or a silver-rated driver. And, as I say, responsibility entirely on the shoulders of the lesser experienced and generally slower drivers. But it's fascinating to watch their improvement, not only across a session, but then when you, you know, add all the whole season together, actually, these guys become very, very quick indeed come the final round of the season, which this year will be at Portimao. Number eight from a brand-new team, Iron Lynx, with support from AF Corsa, but uh, you'll recognise some names from another team within the European Le Mans series. There's been a clean break, though, from their previous outfit, and they are now their own entity, Iron Links. Reno Mastronardi driving the number eight car then, in its sort of two-tone silver colours with a little bit, of, little bit of black detailing on the nose and on the side of the car. It goes across the line now to the top position, and that's more respectable, a 156 flat from Reno Mastronardi. Yeah, a person I'm really looking out for is the number 74 Ferrari, uh, Michel Bronoszewski. You mentioned him earlier. Wait to the end of this lap. I think that could be going top. But I find it actually hard that Michel, is, he's done so much racing that he is still a bronze driver. He's had a lot of success in the, the various Blancpain GT series and the sort of 
Am and then Pro-Am class, but he is very handy. 74 Ferrari entered for him by Kessel Racing. They've got three cars in the race. They were sort of at the back of the queue going out, so expect their time to always be behind the others. Uh, goes into second place, so he's down by just a quarter of a second on the best lap so far by Reno Mastronardi, and we're very close to halfway through this qualifying session. One mistake, and it really does scupper your chances. So it's about driving at 98%. Yeah, no, it disappears incredibly quickly if you're not paying attention. Murad Soltanov is in the queue as well, positioned behind the 74 car. The Russian driver, again, for Kessel Racing. They are circulating more or less together. That not, might not be a bad move if he can use the toe down the long Mistral straight. Although these cars are pretty heavily aero-dependent and don't like the dirty air. It's sort of similar to a single-seater. However, you've got a big Ferrari in front of you, punching that hole in the air. You do gain a significant chunk of kilometres per hour into senior corner. Now through the twisty stuff, the Mercedes from Team TFT with Nicky Lortvila at the wheel, heading towards the end of the lap in the final sector, improved through sector one, sector two slightly slower than previously. Another car to watch though, Reno Mastronardi. He improved last time around to set the best time of the session and he's going even quicker on this lap, Bruce. Again, like many of the drivers, in fact, more so than many of the drivers, coming out of the final turn, the Virage Dupont, turn 14, he had half of his right-hand wheel still on the circuit. That counts, that's absolutely fine. 154.471, he's clear by 1.8 seconds. Others waiting to complete their fourth lap, their third flying lap, but Mastronardi, all those years of experience. And again, that's why teams like Kessel Racing use... Drivers like Reno now. Car 74. Looking at that, that's pushing on second fastest. Michel Bronicheski, another driving at, a driver at Galaban, turn four, 12, really skirting with running off the circuit. Uh, he's second fastest. He's looking very, very good indeed. Faster than Mastronardi in the opening. The first of the three seconds over the start finish line. He goes into second place, but he's three quarters of a second down. Not such a good end to his lap. The start was good, the end was not uh, what he wanted, but already Mastronardi picking up the pace yet more as he goes up into the to try and extend his advantage at the top of the table. Seeing quite a bit of improvement up and down the order, actually. Uh, just two cars that didn't improve, including the Edex Sport Mercedes, which is in the pit lane. Now, this is unusual for such a short session. Clearly, Eric Maurice not too happy with or are they actually changing the driver because they've had so little running and this will give his teammate just a few laps to get his eye in ahead of the race uh, later on so we'll wait and see but Patrice Lafargue certainly short of a bit of mileage this weekend knows Paul Ricard very well uh, but wants to get a sense of how things lie in the current conditions no doubt Ricky Lortvila staying at the wheel of the number uh, number two Porsche this is the only 911 GT3R in the field. So there's confirmation. Thank you very much from Hayley Edmonds down in the pits. Driver change has been effected. Patrice Lafargue on board. Absolutely the right thing to do, Johnny, when you're short on mileage. Track conditions changing all the time. We've talked about the fact the track has been resurfaced. So again, more and more rubber going down. Just get yeah. the latest feel of the track. He's not going to go and set a really quick time. He'll do his outlap and have time for... Might just squeak in two flyers, but it's really... Does it matter if he goes down one or two places on the, on the list? At the moment, they're sitting in sixth out of the eight runners, so they're either going to be on the penultimate row or the final row of the group. It doesn't make much difference. It's all about track time. Careful there, uh, Patrice Lafargue, not to cross the blend line. You can cross it left to right at the end of the pit lane if you're on the racetrack and you want to take the natural racing line into turn number one. What you can't do is cross the blend line leaving the pit lane from right to left because 
you must give way to those cars on the pace already. Ferraris everywhere, it seems. 488 GT3s side by side a little further up the road. The one crossing the line now is the 67 of Murad Sultanov. Already mentioned him. And just ahead, first car into turn one was Michel Bronizhevsky. And sandwiched between the two, the other Iron Lynx car of Deborah Meyer, French woman. So heading now towards the sequence of three, four and five uh, gets very, very busy on the opening lap this section. But Deborah Meyer giving way to the quicker 67 purely because uh, Deborah just fresh out of the pits. Or maybe starting a, a first timed lap. Little over three minutes to go. Still continuing to improve is Reno Mastronardi. Purple through sector one, solid through sector two with a 30.2. And... Again, opening the gap up to the pole, Bronizhevsky. The gap is uh, just over three quarters of a second now for pole position, provisional pole, that is. Yeah, looking at Mastronardi, he, he really is skirting with how many tyres he can keep on the circuit. But he, he's such a pro. He's getting it all right into Virage Dupont for the, the end of the lap. His target time, 1 minute 54.471 seconds. And he goes across. Oh, he's found four hundredths of a second, so he's stretched his advantage to eight tenths of a second over Michel Bronicheski. It's Ferraris all the way, six of the eight cars in the GTE class. We've got two and a half minutes remaining in this session. Fifteen minute session goes in the blink of an eye. It's been tidy. I think we've had one spinner. I did hear some ambient sound of uh, screeching tyres. Can't tell you where on the circuit, but certainly for the quickest driver from Iron Lynx, it's all been very, very tidy indeed. One of the slowest drivers in the field, Deborah Meyer. There she is, car number nine. Her best is nearly 11 seconds down on Reno Mastronardi's time so she's got a long way to go but uh, right now she's not going to go vaulting up the grid she's got to find nearly 5 seconds to even topple John Hartshorn in the number 50 Ferrari so uh, just trying to keep it neat tidy 2 minutes to go she'll have time for one more flyer raced a couple of years ago actually 3 years ago in the Ferrari European Championship in the Copper Shell division and has Le Mans Cup experience in the past as well with Swiss outfit Kessel Racing to Iron Leaks, an Italian crew, and with lots of familiar faces from AF Corsa helping them along, sharing with Michelle Gatting. So Gatting will be able to offer an awful lot of advice. They'll look at the telemetry at the end of this session and find out where she can improve throughout the course of the race. Might be that Deborah's put in for the opening stint. That tends to be the way things happen with the bronze in first and then the quicker, either silver or gold in for the second 55 minutes or so. There's, there's not a strict pit lane window, but uh, each driver must do a minimum of 55 minutes. So, therefore, the natural point to change pilots is somewhere between 55 and 65 minutes of the two-hour race later today. A minute to go, Bruce. First sight really getting going around the circuit. Patrice Lafargue, of course, Eric Maris, his teammate, uh, did the first part of this 15-minute qualifying session. And at the moment, uh, we've had an outlap from... Patrice, now what's he going to knit together? It's actually looking better. He, he, but he's got to find about two, three seconds to even move up from sixth out of the eight GT3 runners. Uh, GT run, and uh, what does he manage this time around? Uh, one minute fifty-seven point seven seven four. That's an improvement, but uh, in fact, he only needs to find a quarter of a second, and he, he could go up a position or two. So that he's slotted in very well there. So I think I think it was wise to get Eric in first, but the fact they got him out. Uh, Patrice Lafargue with enough time to do two flying laps I think has been very good uh, for, for the team there but it's all about the Ferraris it's Rino Mastronardi from Mikhail Bronicheski but then despite very very little running Nicky Leutwiller in the only Porsche from Team TFT great job third fastest at the moment now who's going to squeeze an extra lap out of the session it's going to be tight for the 67 car 
Uh, but Bronyszewski has managed it, and, and so th- has the 67 in its wake. So yeah. Sultanov squeezes an extra lap. Now the chequered flag is out, so that means that John Hartzorn will just miss out on the further circuit. He's managed six laps so far, but these two Ferraris will manage a seventh. I think... It's possible that Rino Mastronardi managed to just get over. He's the fastest driver, but he's backed off. He's actually about to go in the pits. I'm just trying to look. His last lap, 2 minutes 21.5. But his best lap, that's the important one, 1 minute 54.4 seconds. At the moment, 6 tenths of a second up on Bronicheski. So Bronicheski did close in. But the good thing about those top two, their lap times have been very consistent. They got to the pace and they banged in two or three more within two tenths of a second, which is exactly how you want, you dri- want your drivers to be doing it ahead of a two-hour race. Mercedes really looked like it was on the racket edge, heading through senior corner and heading to Double Droit de Bosse. Tricky, as the name would suggest, double right-hander. And the second element more important than the first, because you then vault your way towards Virage du Bendor and then Garleban. Village du Lac, Village du Pont to end the circuit and that's turns 12, 13 and 14 foot down to the line can the Mercedes improve two are already home and dry they are the 50 Ferrari and the number 9 Ferrari and as the Mercedes crosses the line it is an improvement it's the best time of the session in fact for that particular car a 156.9 from Patrice Lafarge what you want to watch is the final lap from Nicky Lloyd Vila, or is he just reported? No, he's just crossing the start-finish line. He had the fastest middle sector of anybody. 155.5, he improved. He's just over a, se- a whisker over a second down the pace. So considering they didn't get any running in the previous two sessions, that is, well, bar an outlap when something went wrong, that is a very, very good lap by the only Porsche driver in this field, Nicky Lloyd Vila, and uh, good job. Uh, delivered by him. He's sharing with oh, quite a handy co-driver, Julian Andlauer, Porsche, yes. through and through. So that puts them in pretty good stead. Maybe it won't be all Ferrari. Yeah, look, uh, Andlauer, a joint youngest driver at the 24 Hours of Le Mans in recent years, although when we asked Phil Hansen, he reckoned he'd been born a few hours uh, later than Julian Andlauer, which just about made him the youngest driver in that particular race. But um, he's still a young kid Julian Anlau but continues to impress me and yeah going to be a great teammate to Nicky Leutvila presumably for the full season so a nice bit of business done by TFT there as the cars then are on their slowing down lap they'll be heading to the pit lane where things are set to get very very busy indeed because we wave goodbye to eight GT3 cars and welcome to the circuit in the next couple of minutes 17 all being well LMP3 machines they're all brand new for 2020 as well so two different marks for us to become familiar with different shapes of cars as well exciting times for lmp3 they still sound as good as they always did but now the uh, the curves are even curvier you might say they, they really do look like uh, mini baby sports cars so we'll have a look at those in a moment remember that the pit lane entry was brought back a few years ago so you actually don't go through 14 at all now you peel left just after turn 13 and it's quite a while before you then hit the pit lane speed limiter it's 60 kilometers per hour through here and about a 400 meter timed pit lane so that'll take if if any of these cars need to do a drive through i mean you're looking at 45 seconds really to uh, to your race time when it takes you from pit in to pit out about 32 seconds on the clock but by the time you've driven in and driven out again more like three quarters of a minute so much conversation I'm sure to be had after a short sharp session delighted to see that all cars 
that are here took part and this is how it finished. Reno Mastronardi got in quicker and quicker through the 15 minutes. A 154.431 is the benchmark. However, Michel Bronizhevsky was getting closer. The gap was 0.8 for a while. He managed to get it back to 0.6 of a second. Then the TFT Porsche, they'll be dead chuffed with that. Nicky Leutvila, well done to him. Ahead of Murod Sultanov for Kessel Racing, Claudius Giovoni and Patrice Lafargue in the Mercedes and again, lots of work on that car, the AMG GT3 overnight. And they'll be high-fiving down in the garage that all that hard work has at least delivered a car for the race. They can work on the pace between now and uh, the green lights being the green lights are being turned on, which is 4.30, remember, today, through till half past six. Still a little bit of threatening cloud, I notice, above. Uh, chance of a shower, only 25%. But we'll wait and see. Michelin have, I'm sure, brought some wet weather tyres. You'll have to wait for Eduardo Freitas to declare it a wet session, uh, but they may be on the trolleys not too far away. Looking around at the various camera angles, Johnny, the uh, dark clouds are to the east of the circuit and the wind's blowing from the west, so hopefully they've gone past. And I just noticed down towards the first handful of corners, it's much brighter at the sky above there, so hopefully that, that's the skirting with rain mm. and it's the way. We've got the 17 cars coming out in the P3 class uh, very soon indeed, but to me, I was really impressed with that TFT Porsche. Yeah. Lack of track time. Nicky Lloydville doing a stormingly good job to go up third fastest. A reminder of the top three. So third place, the Porsche. Second place, the 74 Kessel Racing Ferrari of Michel Bronizhevsky. We'll see David Perrell in the race. And the fastest car out there then, the number eight. Iron Lynx Ferrari 488, driven superbly by Reno Mastronardi and his teammate Giacomo Puccini to come uh, for this afternoon's race. Puccini, uh, a master behind the wheel of a Ferrari and gold-rated for understandable reasons. But they could be a good team to watch this season. They've certainly started the first session of 2020 as they intended to do. And now we look forward to... 17 LMP3s about to launch into action. You'll recognise the liveries, the wraps, I'm sure, from last year and previously, but these are all brand-new cars. Uh, the Ligier JS P320, still with Nissan engines, both cars, indeed, with the same spec of Nissan engines, so they grumble their way around the Paul Ricard circuit, shaking the earth beneath them and around. And the other car, the renamed Duquesne M30, so that was a different manufacturer last year, but Gilles Duquesne obtaining the company that was known as Norma, and they are now an official manufacturer. So the Duquesne M30 D08, again with the Nissan engine, and a fair uh, dose of both, actually. I haven't counted up, but it's not quite a 50-50 split. It can't be with 17 cars, but we've got uh, five, six, seven, It's nine eight and eight, cars. there we go. Yeah, so okay, yes, nine and eight. So as even as we could get it with the 17 entries. And DKR Engineering are back. A, a very warm welcome to Jean Gloria, Gloria, who was at the 2017 Michelin Le Mans Cup champion. You may remember he then moved up the following year to ELMS, but this is his first venture back to ACO Rules Racing. So great to have the Belgian once again represented on the grid. Uh, joined by Laurence Hoer, who was a champion last year. And then looking further down the order, a couple of entries from the Spanish squad CD Sport, both of those cars Ligiers. Nielsen Racing are back again with actually a total of three cars. The Grain Market Racing entry is also a Nielsen car and choosing Duquesne's throughout the field there. United Autosports here with a couple of Ligier JS 
P320s. Graf, the French squad, uh, Matthias Kaiser and Rory Pentanen, the two drivers they have selected for the season. Rinaldi Racing, who are known as a, a customer uh, team, sometimes run uh, well-known entrants under the banner of, of Rinaldi Racing, but they are here uh, displaying that name proudly above the garage this weekend. Uh, German outfit, although fairly Italian when you get in the garage. Actually. Uh, yes, yes. Um, so, yeah, a, a really good spread of drivers from around Europe. And again, we're reminded of the sheer logistics to get cars here on trucks and the countries that need to be travelled through as well. Obviously, protocols are being met here in terms of social distancing, mask wearing, almost compulsory in uh, collection areas, Park Ferme, things like the press centre as well. But everyone's actually adjusted to, to the new way of racing uh, very quickly indeed. And uh, we're delighted to be once again here at Paul Ricard. Also, a warm welcome for 2020 to Hayley Edmonds, who's going to be our pit lane reporter throughout the season. We're going to be hearing from her in a second with some reaction from the session. And no doubt with Reno Mastronardi, who proved to be the quickest driver in that 15 minutes as we prepare ourselves for another dose of qualifying. And that is uh, just a few more minutes away. Obviously, Lollipop men still at the head of these LMP3 cars. Uh, before they are unleashed onto the Paul Ricard asphalt. But without further ado, let's hear from the rapid Italian, Rina Mastronardi, who was quickest in the session. Rina, congratulations. You've got pole for the Michelin Le Mans Cup. That's, uh, the race is going to start in just a few, well, an hour or two's time. Uh, feeling good for the race? Hopefully you heard Reno then. I wasn't hearing him, but uh, we will catch up, no doubt, later on today as well, because I have a feeling he's going to go fairly well in the race and he can fill us in entirely on how that session was. But I'm sure behind the mask, there's a big smile on Reno's face because he was getting quicker and quicker through the session. And although Michel Bronizhevsky got close, it was still six-tenths of a second away. So they might be, the rest of the grid might be thinking, this could be tough later on uh, facing the Iron Lynx Ferrari. Anyway... Turn our attention to the baby prototypes now. All these cars brand new for season 2020. And they're heading out to flood the Le Castellet circuit, Bruce Jones. Not just with colour, but with noise. Because the thing about the P3 class with these Nissan engines, they rumble and grumble like no other engine in racing. Absolutely fabulous. And uh, So the circuit's been warmed up by the GT3 runners. And uh, now the pace will pick up. The fastest lap we've seen in practice was the, the morning session. Uh, 1 minute 48 point, well, let's call it 1 minute 48.3, 1 minute 48.299 seconds. United Autosports topped both the sessions. In, in the afternoon it was uh, Schneider and Merrick, but in the morning it was John Shaman and Wayne Boyd. So United Autosports looking very good at the top. So just remember, that's the target time, 1 minute 48.299. These teams will have analysed all their data and they'll be really working out how to get the sweet spot on these tyres uh, for qualifying. As you can see, the conditions now, so the sun is bursting through the clouds again, so uh, the track will be getting warmer quite quickly here. The teams will all know that, but it's uh, how they 
link it all together to yeah. put put together in a flying lap with 17 cars around the 5.7 kilometers still plenty of space but it's, it's extraordinary johnny isn't it how somehow they always find other cars to trip over during a qualifying session when it's only 15 minutes that really really is a fairly criminal thing to be doing so an, a first look at the very svelte ligier js p320 the united autosports example john showerman uh, doing the qualifying he'll be joined by wayne boyd later on wayne in something like his fourth season now with United Autosports, not uh, only in this Michelin Le Mans Cup, but also in the European Le Mans series. But the first car, way ahead of everybody else out of the pit lane, Motorsport 98, the Belgian outfit with Eric Dodonka at the wheel. He's joined again by Dino Lunardi and the familiar colours of DKR Engineering. They had a green and black car as well as the orange and black last year. Just the one entry, though, from the Luxembourgish outfit for 2020. And Jean Gloria, who has good form in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, 2017 champion, heading into turn number five now. And DKR Engineering have a clean sweep, actually. You look back through the Michelin Le Mans Cup titles, no other team has won it other than DKR Engineering. The first year, 2016, there were no LMP3 cars, although they guested at the Le Mans, at the Road to Le Mans event, but it was principally a GT3 championship in those days. Then LMP3 was permanently added from 17 and that was the Belgian, John Gloria's year. So heading down the long straight, Lintrois du Mistral, and now heading for the well, easing off, but you rely entirely on the aerodynamics of these cars. A puff of smoke there as almost the car grind, grinds the road surface, and a little bit of smoke from one of the front tyres as well. Massive pressure on the front lefts around this place. I mean, this, I think resurfaced for the Grand Prix I guess last year so it's very very grippy and the front left more so than the rear left takes a real pounding particularly uh, towards the end of the lap well that's the case so, so we're informed with the P3 cars but it's the rear left on, on the, the GT, GTs yeah, on the GTs uh, again that, that just emphasises the difference of the downforce that they have when you look take any lap where you're looking at the tech the, the rear view of these cars you could just see how much they're being pushed down relative to the the GT runners who have to fight much harder to get round the corners. So just bear in mind that per best time we've had so far in practice, 1 minute 48.299. Of course, the, until another minute and a half from now, we won't know what they're really doing. They're completing their outlaps, but uh, 151.748, yeah, well, as you can see, three seconds off. There's another reminder on the screens, the timing screens that all the teams can see. Any laps completed beyond track limits will be immediately deleted, so we'll kind of try and keep you up to date with that. If we do get a, a quick one, then the observers will be uh, checked to make sure that uh, no breaches of track limits have been um, breached. As uh, so the number seven car heads into the latter portion of the lap, Nielsen Racing, Tony Wells doing the qualifying, again joined by Scottish driver Colin Noble, Tony Hales from the northeast of England, from Middlesbrough. And they are a, a long time partnership, actually, Tony and Colin getting quicker and quicker with every season could this be their year in the Michelin Le Mans Cup they'd love it to be they've been so close to getting regular wins things haven't quite slotted together but I think purely you know persistence is key with those guys I think and I do sense a number of victories this year in 2020 already five minutes gone of the session though and setting the pace already by two tenths of a second Jean Glorieux 
it's now Rory Pentinen for the Graf outfit, second fastest. So we've got a Duquesne and a Ligier on the provisional front row. Third fastest, car number 69, Maurice Smith just uh, slotted in a very good time. He's uh, one and a quarter seconds down on the ultimate pace, but uh, just watched a fair bit of that lap. Pretty tidy, as I say that again. <laughs> he struggles when the corners tighten up. They're all trying to go as deep into the corner as they can. Uh, but at the bottom half of the lap, it suddenly really, really tightens on you. You get those quick combinations, turns three, four, five, and then, as you pointed out, turn six, the right-hander, long right-hander that feeds you into the kink at seven. Get a good exit from that, and the fact there's no chicane up the Mulzan straight, it's absolutely critical to turn out of there, get the power down when you want it out of the virage to centre, boom. And uh, certainly all the drivers trying to do that, but fully aware, push too hard, you go over the edge of the circuit and you will lose your lap time. A few moments ago, Nicola Molini, again on the ragged edge. You can see the tyres flexing underneath the car. Bits of um, pickup as well that have already come off. Perhaps the GT3 cars being flicked up into the air. As over the line goes the 27 car, which is the MV2S Racing entry. Car 55, not 55, uh, in that queue was 27. 55 just turning left through the S-Bend now of Alex Matchell, which is another Rinaldi Racing-entered car. As I say, they've turned up with two Duquesnes, the 55 and the 66. And but to the pit lane, uh, Grey Market Racing, number 20 car, being driven by Mark Crader. Well, two cars in the pits, the Mulder Motorsport entry, car number... 21 with Tom Clurt on board this is not what you want we've said in the GT3 session you want to be out on the track it's only a 15 minute session look we've very nearly got to the halfway point in it but if there's a problem I guess you've got to get it sorted just touching on Alexander Matchell third fastest for Rinaldi Racing GT race for many many years but he's showing really impressive form now he's trying trying out going around in a, in a prototype car so Rinaldi Racing as you pointed out crossed over from GT Racing they've still got a bit of a programme in GT Racing but it seems that the likes of Alexander Matchell long time runner with the team fancy a change fancy something different and who knows they might start building towards well the whole essence of this building towards maybe rising up to compete in the 24 hours of Le Mans yeah I mean, that's got to be the ultimate target and we've seen it done several times uh, rising through the racks this is meant to be very much an introduction uh, championship to ideally get you into the European Le Mans series and then score well in the ELMS and there are then invitations to the 24 hours of Le Mans for winning the top classes within that so out of the S-Bend to kick off the lap shouldn't forget actually that there's still a prize on offer for winning the GT3 championship in this which will give you an automatic entry as well we've seen Kessel Racing most recently take advantage of that Slightly concerned that we haven't seen anything of the number number 21, Mulner Motorsport Duquesne. Tom Clerk in the pits with not a single lap time to his name. So he's yeah. uh, going to be qualifying stone last unless they can get it out on the track in the next six minutes and 20 seconds. The clock isn't kind if it doesn't go right from the start of the session. What I expected at the top, or certainly the top two or three on the grid, would be a car from United Autosports. But as yet, they haven't shown their hands. Car 24 driven by Daniel Schneider. Looking good on your screens, nice and tidy. Uh, through that tighter twist there but only fifth fastest at 1.8 seconds down so it doesn't matter where you are is where you are at the end of the session but really the clock is going away from them very quickly indeed Schneider and Rory Pentonen are more or less trading lap times they're only separated by four hundredths of a second as Alexander Matchell finds a bit of time on that lap to vault the 55 Rinaldi Racing Duquesne back up to fourth so still John Gloria 
quickest in the number three DKR engineering car, the orange and black entered Duquesne. Then the two cool racing cars of Switzerland, so Nicola Marlini getting quicker and quicker, just set the fastest first sector of anybody as Jean Gloria improves again. So he's gone now to a 149.6, courtesy of an absolute best through the final sector. What can Molini do, though, as he's now venturing towards the end of lap six in number 37, which is uh, very much a cool racing number. He does improve, but is still six-tenths of a second shy of Gloria's effort. I must say, just looking at the end section of that lap, Molini was clearly pushing car far harder than some of the runners in the other runners in the field as you say six tenths of a second down on Jean Gloria and Gloria is the gold standard in this class no doubt about it but Morlean was really really getting the most out of his car and uh, what he can do next time around I do not know but his first sector was fastest of anyone so there is potential that he could maybe topple Gloria very very impressive run there from Morlini. Rory Pentanen, the Finn, is third and uh, also getting quicker. A 150.4, that's only a couple of tenths away then from the, the time of Morlini. And Pentanen, vastly experienced for about the last 10 years or so. Done some 24H series racing, lots at the Nürburgring as well, including some 24 hours through the years. So certainly no stranger to... GT racing, raced at LMP3 level in the Asia Le Mans series as well that spanned 2019-2020 so Pentanen back down to fourth position now as Alexander Matchell again improves with a 150.4 Gloria fastest by six tenths, Molini second for Cool Racing, Alexander Matchell for Rinaldi Racing is third and then Rory Pentanen as I mentioned Maurice Smith for Cool Racing fifth currently ahead of Daniel Schneider which is the best place to the United Autosports entries. Still, though, three and a half minutes to go. Plus, if you squeeze an extra lap out of it, cross the line and there's still a second on the clock, then the lap you've just started will count. Well, please report that uh, Mulder Motorsports car number 21 is out on the track at last for Tom Clote. He's done a flying lap, but uh, with a lap time that's uh, 599.8 seconds down on the ultimate pace. It goes to show that's not one that counts but he will have a chance to at least put one flying lap in fact he may squeak two Mark Crader we saw him come in the grain market racing car number 20 that is still in the pit lane at least though he has a time on the board but really it's the, the gaps at the front that are really critical it's down to four tenths of a second Nicholas Morlini I said he was driving with great positivity problem for the fastest car there yes. that's called a bort for Jean Gloria yeah strange one that came very slowly indeed into turn three and made no attempt at turning right. There is smoke issuing from the back of the DKR engineering car, so it might be quick, but there are internal problems for the Duquesne, and that's going to be hugely concerning. Lead the field by now half a second. Nicola Molini could be on for something a bit special here, by the way, turning up the wick. 31.8 is the best first sector of anybody in the session, as Tony Wells turns right at Virage Dupont, to complete another lap but need to know a little bit more about that maybe a story developing for Jean Gloria I don't like to see smoke out the back of a racing car this early in the day certainly not but he clearly realised that's why he drove off the circuit so sensitivity is required he's already on potential pole he may well be toppled but to, to keep pressing on and not notice the signs that could be terminal race starts at 4.30 this afternoon so we've got it uh, just coming up to 10 to 1 here at the circuit 
poor Ricard. So let's hope it's something that could be fixed and uh, fixed in time for the race. But it's all eyes on car number 37 and Nicolas Molini round that final corner. The target time, 1 minute 49.619 seconds. There's a yellow flag at turn 7. Because, and I think it's because the DKR engineering car stopped on the circuit. There's now a red letter S next to Jean Glorio's car. So has it ground completely to a halt at the start of the Mistral straight? Could well do. The time put on the board by Nicolas Molini, 43 thousandths of a second down on Gloria. The yellow flag at turn seven, that mean, may mean there's no chance of improving. So bizarrely, somehow Jean Gloria maybe have triggered the yellow flag area that will keep him on pole position. Red flag yeah, for the session. Now a red flag, and there's a minute nine seconds left on the clock. Now, is there an opportunity, probably not actually, to, to continue, you know, press the pause button again and get going bearing in mind it takes a good couple of minutes to get cars out on track I think that session done and Jean Gloria the cause of the red flag perhaps a decision to be made therefore by the clerk of the cause as to whether his time still stands quite clearly this is an issue for the car though it's not as if he's just pulled over and pretends there's a technical drama smoke from the back of the car it's parked well off the circuit up against the Arco barrier, door open already and Jean Gloria about to clamber out but that car's going to have to need a flatbed to return it to the pit lane and then for DKR Engineering to descend upon the rear of the car where the Nissan engine is housed to work out exactly what the problem is to my knowledge you have to race with the same engine that you qualified with so not an option to switch around the power plant between now and 4.30 and that is a rather large job anyway One bit of housekeeping, Tom Clerk did manage to get a flying lap in so he, he actually is 16th of the 17 runners, Got went faster than Mark Crader, Mark didn't get back out of the pits in the grain market racing entry so at least Tom Clerk can feel they squeaked it in, would have had time for one more flying lap, he, he was very close to the best time of John Showerman, maybe able to gain a few more positions, that matters not now, the session concluded with a minute and nine Yep. There was nothing that Jean Gloria could do. He was wise enough to sense that something had gone pop in the back of the car. You could say maybe he should have pulled off slightly earlier. He, he went off, as we saw at turn three, kept it off the circuit. And in fact, I think probably ran around the outsides of turns five, six, and then pulled off after seven. But uh, by the skin of his teeth, by 43 thousandths of a second, he goes and stays at the top. Interesting session, but those top two drivers separated by next to nothing, but still 8.85 of a second ahead of the very impressive Alexander Matchell having his first dab at prototype racing. So good job for him and for Rinaldi Racing. But the orange and black car ends up at the top of the table. Car number three, Jean Gloria. And the last lap that this car completed, a 155, six seconds off its best. So is that indicative of the problem actually starting? at the end of the previous lap or was it Jean Gloria sensing something wasn't quite right and he just got out of you know motoring round uh, continued though on to another lap I just wonder whether was there an option to come into pit lane well, that I he think, chose not to take yeah I think he might have realised just at that point lifted some, and then maybe cruised through the final corner down the start finish straight yep. thus the time falling away but um, and it's you know it's an awkwardly placed pit lane entry if you, if you don't choose to go into it at 13 then You've then got to go right through 14, a longer half the start-finish straight before crossing the line, and then it's another 5.7 kilometres to get home, and uh, he barely did 2Ks there. Here are the times. DKR Engineering, top, a 149.619. At 43 
thousandths of a second in the end back to Nicola Molini. What a shame the session didn't run for the remaining minute and nine seconds because Molini might have been able to vault DKR. Rinaldi third, the 55 car. Well done to Alexander Matchell. Rory Pentonen was fourth fastest for Graf. And then it was Cool Racing, United Autosports, Nielsen Racing and Motorsport 98. 11th place to the sister Rinaldi racing car of Steve Paro. 2.4 seconds slower. Racing experience. Another team from Luxembourg with Yuri Wagner doing the qualifying ahead of CD Sport and Jack Wolf in car six. The 10 car of Nielsen Racing, uh, which was Rob Hodes. John Showerman for United Autosports 15th. Tom Cloet, as Bruce mentioned, did get out. And Grain Market Racing finish in the bottom position 17th. 55, Alexander Matchell, though. Starking, startling uh, paint job for that car this year. You're not going to miss that one with the Rinaldi Racing branding in a kind of highlighter yellow and green combination. 37, Cool Racing getting quicker and quicker throughout the session. Just ran out of time in the end as the 15 minutes was curtailed with a minute and nine seconds left on the clock. But Nicola Malini definitely one to watch in his Ligier. And what I do like to see is a good representation of both Duquesne's and Ligier's at the sharp end. Here's the car that didn't make the end of the session, but it was quickest, going great guns before the technical issue crept up on uh, Jean Glorieux. But it, 149.619 represents the best lap time across the 15 minutes. Recovery crews now on the scene to get that car safely then back to the pit lane. And we will wait now for further news between now and uh, race start time at 4.30, whether that car can be fixed. But yeah, just going back to the different chassis manufacturers, got Duquesne in pole alongside it, a Ligier, and the same again on the second row. And then the third row is all Ligiers, but there is another Duquesne on the fourth row. So it looks like, I mean, the, the scrutineers, the, the, the regulation writers have uh, pressed the reset button. And whereas in the past we had a Ligier that was really the car to have, and then the Norma came in later, they are both starting from, from ground zero, these two cars, and they look very equally matched. There are two further chassis manufacturers on the market. Whether we will see those through the course of the season really remains to be seen. But at least it seems we are set for a dice between the two across two hours later today. So action-packed, not always for the right reasons, but GT3s look very strong this year. Nice to have three different manufacturers, but it is Ferrari who are fastest. And in LMP3, Duquesne get the first pole of the year. My thanks to Bruce Jones, from Bruce, from Johnny, from Haley. It's bye for now. This programme is a Radio Show Limited production. Tell your friends there's more at RadioLeMond.com.